And today, Stephen Pritchard will take a look at currencies and commodities. We'll also take our in-depth look at the market and uh, find out what different companies are doing and buying and selling your home. We'll see what the market is doing with Mark Longworth. Thursday, finance, and welcome to Stephen Pritchard. Uh, well, currencies, commodities, is my gold travelling all right? At this gold's travelling very well this week. We're Local? up $96 and three cents an ounce, so mm. we're up to $2,793. So, so you've done all right if you're holding gold bullion or um, or, or gold um, shares, gold mining shares, so you've done very well um, mm. this week. Um, the crude oil price, you haven't done too well if you're holding oil stocks or oil and gas stocks. Um, the crude oil price was down 55 cents a barrel, but the oil stocks have been going down for a few weeks. So the crude oil price is $62.87. Um, currencies, the yep. Australian dollar's generally up around the world. We're back above the 71.9 US cents. Um, Great British pound, we're 54.81. Uh, we really haven't gone Pence. up against the British pound, but as we're not travelling there, maybe it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and the euro, we're 60.67 euro cents. Uh, okay. Australia's dollar's a bit stronger. The all-Australian market, the all Australian equities market was up again this week, 90.3 points to 6,314, which is, which is quite amazing considering the the results that are coming out from the companies. Um, mm-hmm. uh, S&P 500 was up um, 1.4 on the week and the UK index was down 73.6 to 6,111.98. Um, mixed bag for local stocks that yeah. investors type hold locally. Um, BHP was down 85 cents um, to $39.06. Uh, CBA was down $1.39 to $71.04. NIB was up 30 cents to $4. And Telstra was down another four cents to three dollars and seven. Um, and the fuel price, the unleaded fuel price in Newcastle, dollar twelve point five. Sydney, a dollar ten point nine. Diesel in Newcastle, a dollar twenty one point two. And Sydney, a dollar sixteen point nine. Sort of um, a little bit equal. Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same as <laughs> last week. Pretty much equal. the same as last week. Not much movement <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah, okay. So you need to fill up the card here. To a new RFM, it's Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard taking a look at our, our weekly market update. Um, so what about BHP? As you said, their share price is down a little bit, but um, that's got something to do with their profit or yeah. not? Lots of company announcements coming out, reporting season now, which is extended till the end of September. Um, BHP was one of the companies that reported this week. The, the profit was surprisingly down to uh, $13.51 billion compared to $15.05 billion in the prior year, but still a big profit. And as a result, they've cut their dividend from uh, $0.78 cents to $0.55 cents for the half. And that's US cents, so... Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, you've got so. to translate that at the date. Um, so the other the other announcement that came out from BHP that readers of the Herald might already know about is they've decided to exit their coal mining interests in the Hunter Valley. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're going to sell the mine. Well, they're they're talking about either selling them or maybe put them into a separate company and distribute the shares to their shareholders like they did with OneSteel and um, mm. BlueScope. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, that's yeah. easy for a company to do that. Then they don't have to worry about <laughs> what happens and the profits and so on. Well, they don't really have to worry if they're distributing out the shareholders because the same people who who who, who um, 
yeah. who uh, own the shares in BHP now own the shares in the new company in the same proportion. So it's they it's do. pretty fair. Yeah. Um, the only issue is is um, how much of the infrastructure is all tangled up in one system that you've got to try and separate out to. Yes, push off to a separate entity, which you've got to do if you're selling that many houses. So, um, I would expect that's going to be, you know, 12 mm. months down the track. But it's so interesting. So as they've, soon they've, as that. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting okay. they've flagged that. Yes. Um, and then because ANZ came out with their their, their results mm. um, for the first quarter or the third quarter, so their profit's up 30%, oh, which is... That's which nice is, to hear, which isn't is, it? Which is once again a bit surprising. And they've decided to pay their um, 25% share interim dividend, which they'd previously deferred. Yeah. Um, but bear in mind, it's down from 80 cents, which they paid uh, last year. So um, as a result of this, the market wasn't expecting that result. So the the ANZ share price went up Mm. yesterday. Do we know about the other banks? Uh, Yeah, Westpac came out the day before and said they're not going to pay their interim dividend. Um, So they've cancelled their first half dividend, which they previously deferred. So the banks, ANZ and Westpac, have got a September reporting a year end. So you're probably not going to know the results of their full year to around November. So that mm. that's that's going to be um, interesting. Mm, they'll have to wait for that. Have to wait for that. <laughs> yes. Okay. And Tabcorp. Um, um, so what's yeah. It up to? So that was a bit surprising too. So Tabcorp Tabcorp lost eight hundred and seventy million dollars for the year. Um, compared to a profit of three hundred and sixty-one million in the prior year. Now, would that have had something to do with a lot of the um, restrictions? Yeah, well, it appears year? that it appears that the um, the um, the racehorse type betting was down significantly. That's interesting. Um, yeah, mm. uh, but of course, the uh, lotto and the um, the other. Lotto and what is lotteries and, and the super lotteries and all those type of things were, were up, but they still lost money. And as a consequence, they've turned around and said they want to uh, raise $600 million from uh, shareholders. So I think we're going to see that um, companies are going to start their capital raisings. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I, it isn't easy times for companies, is it? Yeah, not easy. Not easy. I, I was surprised with that because I would have thought they would have done okay. I mean, mm-hmm. um, wasn't, wasn't the race horsing still on? Was the horse racing still on, but you just couldn't go? I think that was it. Yeah, so they could so still, they could still go down to the tab or yeah. bet on the tab account. Yeah, so surprising that. Well, you couldn't go down to the tab originally when we had the first Yeah, but most people, there's hardly any tabs left in here. The well, one, yeah, yes, it's yeah. mostly online, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, and the hotels, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah probably yeah, that's yeah. right. So hotels the, and clubs, yeah. The venues so that kind of explains, been restricted, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but people were queuing up when they had that $80 million lotto. They were queuing up outside the, the news agencies there. <laughs> oh, dear. Maybe that's an alternative to gold, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> no, maybe More not. chance with gold. Yeah. This is Thursday Finance. We're in the middle of our market update at the moment. Stephen Pritchard bringing us the good oil. And we started to talk about Webjet. Yes. Now, Webjet's in an interesting position, of course, because there's not a lot of uh, air travel happening. Yeah, Webjet's the online travel agency. Um, you know, Not only air travel, but all sorts of travel packages and things. Mm-hmm. So um, it wasn't surprised that um, that they've recorded a loss, $143 million, which is a lot of money. And yes. they're blaming the loss on travel industry um, recovery and more tra- protracted recovery. I, I, I can't really see this 
mm. you know, recovering for years. I mean, Sydney Airport's talking four years before the international air travel gets back to where yes. it was. And I suppose a lot of domestic travel isn't really done with packages well, anyway. Well, some is, but, but at the moment, if you're living in New South Wales, where can we actually go? New South Wales. Yeah, well, you wouldn't do any pack. Well, I wouldn't do any packages in New South you, Wales. You wouldn't think about it no. for a stop. Whereas, if you're going over to um, Western mm. Australia or Pilbara or, or, or even South Australia, even you s- might think yeah. of, of a package which would yep. then mean or, 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 the, or, could be or the Queensland or yes, yeah, 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 other places up on the on the reef. But you know, at the moment in New South Wales, I, I don't think we can go into any other state, can we? Or maybe I the don't AC- think so. Or maybe the ACT. Yeah, yeah, I think we're still all right. For yeah, the ACT. so that's it. So you know, and you'd expect that um, um, Flight Centre's results going to be similarly bad mm. when it comes out. A bit of good news: CSL's profit was up. Again, yep. yes. 9.6% to $2.1 billion. Are they involved in research on vaccines? Uh, yeah, they, they, apparently they've things. got um, – they're researching COVID vaccine, a possible vaccine. They've invested in a number of um, research houses. They've said they're taking multiple irons in the fire, I think, the coast. And the, and the federal government's um, agreed to purchase um, – 25 million doses from um, Mm. Oxford University, assuming their vaccine works, um, which is one for every Australian. And, of course, CSL is actually going to be the manufacturer of that So, Ah. so, uh, in in, uh, their plant in Melbourne. So it's kind of a bit of a case which um, CSL's um, positioning itself to benefit from this as much as you possibly can. But, of course, one of the problems that CSL's now got is a lot of their um, profits are coming from these blood products that they they uh, manufacture for various um, treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're having now trouble getting blood donors because blood donors aren't going to give blood because they're staying at home, and particularly their operations in the US, which you'd understand. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if CSL's profit falls in the next year or so because of uh, shortage of supply. Okay, that's quite yeah. interesting, isn't it? It's all tied up and everything has its mm. effect. But yeah. the share price was up another 10% this week on the yes. result. Yeah. And ARB, well, ARB was interesting. Um, they, tell me about ARB. ARB. ARB, for every four-wheel drive enthusiast would know about ARB. ARB, the, the Rolls-Royce of um, uh, aftermarket accessories. So they make the big bull bars and the all the accessories for four-wheel driving and the main one I know is the bull bars that mm. go around on the four-wheel drive. So when you're off in the bush you, you, you run into something you shouldn't have run into, the, the bull bar cops it, not the car. So, um, yeah, so their profit was $57.3 million, which is uh, similar to last year or almost the same. Uh, the dividend is going to be held steady at seven at $0.21, cents, <laughs> and um, they received $9.5 million in JobKeeper payments until the end of June. So it was interesting that they've chosen to announce that. Now, the other interesting thing is they said um, that their, their sales really plummeted in April, May, and... Then they got a large influx of orders in June. So, um, so June people were looking upwards mm, and mm. hoping to be able to use their four wheel drives. Four wheel drives. And Mark tells me that um, there's a large number of new cars selling, and Mercedes is having a record sale. So, it's interesting. Yes, it is. Well, I uh, assume it gets back to people are uh, you know going camping and stuff when they can because they can't 
go anywhere else. <laughs> yes, mm. that's probably fair enough. <laughs> so that's basically another. And that's our no. in-depth look at the market. The and week. in just a moment, we'll be joined by Mark Longworth, licensed real estate agent. He's a business agent as well and an auctioneer. And we're going to look at the home market and how things might have changed a little buying and selling your home take a look at social media and the part it plays as well. On to a new RFM, Thursday finance and the real estate market. Well, there's always something to talk about. And uh, Stephen Pritchard, we're going to do that with Mark Longworth, welcoming him back after a couple of weeks there. So so technology's changed and COVID sped up the change. And so when you used to go and sell, you, when you used to want to go and sell or buy a house or, or something, you'd, you'd look in the Newcastle Herald, which is, or the Sydney Morning Herald, which was Fairfax's um, Rivers of Gold, they were commonly known as. Yes. And, and the Rivers of Gold kind yes. of dried up and went to realestate.com and domain.com. And now there seems to be a move from from those to social media, Mark. Um, well, the COVID has changed it. We've all had to start thinking differently about how we're going to show properties to people and how we're going to introduce people to property. And, of course, that had to change. We can't just put people in the car, drive them around anymore or go visit them. And So our face-to-face has come back a bit. So we've had to start using, you know, uh, our phones a lot more, Zoom, whatever, to talk to people. Having said that, when we do talk to people now and they want to put their house on the market, we have to now approach that differently. Uh, Open houses are are still popular amongst a lot of the people. Uh, From an agent's point of view, we can't talk to everyone that comes into your open house. If we get 15 groups of people and we call you up in the afternoon and say, 15 groups of people, look, I really didn't get to talk to many of them. So you don't really get to find a lot out. So how are we going to do that? So we're trying to get back to a little bit to the one-on-one inspections, which are more private and uh, allow us to show people through a property with the COVID a lot more healthier. And, of course, the way to do that is what people are now moving to, and it's cheaper, is social media. So Facebook and LinkedIn and whatever. We can all do that. So, which is great, and and it's it seems to be working not too badly, and it's less it's more cost effective for the owner because they're not paying a fortune in advertising, and from an agent's point of view, we carry an iPhone with us. We can take the we can do the photography on the iPhone. We can we can do the whole thing. Go back to the office, and I can have your house on the market within a couple of hours. I can have it out there, and hopefully, all the people that see it share it, which gets out to more people. And, and that's the way it can be done. So, but at the, the moment, I certainly think the, the, the market's still quite strong. Um, there's still plenty of buyers around. They're now starting to say there's less, less people selling. Um, they're talking in Melbourne and, and in Sydney, it can be down as much as 18% properties coming on the market, which isn't with the supply-demand curve, which Steve would be all about. It doesn't make the prices go up. The prices are staying the same. We seem to be steady on the prices. If we drop, we drop maybe 1%. It's hardly even a drop. Um, and now, because it's now one-on-one and we're doing, we've now got to go back to the old days. We've now got to try, we've now got to learn as agents to learn how to sell properties 
where before with the open houses, you opened the door, you let them all flood in. By the time they left, you had about three offers and off it went. You thought, aren't I a clever agent? But now we've got to now do more negotiations. We've got to talk to people more. And I think that'll... It might thin out a few of the agencies floating around. So you're going back to what, what, what I remember when my grandmother was buying a house. The agent used to go for an inspection in the house with by the, just, the, just yes, the buyer. just the one on So one. there's an appointment made and you get out to the house yeah. and rather than the Saturday yes. morning with 50 people through. Yeah, and, and obviously that one-on-one person, they've got to be qualified. We're open houses. I mean, we do them, but half the people coming through, they haven't got their finance. They're just thinking about moving. Uh, they just want to have a look around, get a feel for the area, and that's fine. That's 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 all okay, but uh, I think the one-on-ones, it's more, you know, that's where the money is to try and get them through. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of the open houses, I mean, if there's an open house down the road, I'm just as likely to go and have a look. So Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, so. Well, you're most likely on about 50 agents databases at yeah, the moment. Well, we know that. And, you, and, and once again, agents send all these emails yeah, yeah, and you get yeah. hardly a reply to any of them. That's right. um, whereas the, the phone calls and the you, you do, you get to talk to people and that's how you know how things are going. Finance, by the way, is still difficult. Yeah, it's, it's the whole it's, it's, it takes a long time to get approval It's three weeks. So you've, these people you're taking through the house, you've got to ask them how you're going with your finance. Oh, I haven't even looked at that yet. Well, you better start looking because it's going to take weeks. In my experience, a three-week turnaround on getting approval is quite good. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, there's one major bank that's told me they can't approve in 42 days, which is a standard settlement yeah. period. Yeah, yeah. So, Gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so very it's difficult. It's not easy. Um, there's a lot more information required and there's a lot more stuff they want. Yes. So I still think, buyers, I think you should get your finance organised. Contact the agencies that operate in the area where you want to buy so they know you're there and they will put you on the list and for social media and at the same time we can send you out uh, information just for you to give you a head start on everybody else, uh, which is great for people. I think that's that's wonderful. It's great service to be able to do that. So you do the social media. If social media is, is not acting as well as you want, then you start looking at realestate.com and domain.com uh, and the websites, and of course that is a lot dearer. Um, yeah, the photography's got to be a little bit better. Yeah, you do your three D walkthroughs, you do drone shots over the top. I mean, it all costs money, and you've got to really start pushing that if it gets to that point. I, I personally believe, I, if I was selling a house, I'd do the lot. I'd do the social media, and I'd do the domain, and I'd do the whole thing. Okay, we'll know about it the better. To NURFM, it is Thursday Finance. We're taking a look at what's happening real estate-wise if you're thinking of selling or buying your house with Mark Longworth, licensed real estate agent. He's a business agent and an auctioneer as well. Over to you, Stephen Pritchard. So I thought we'd just talk about from the seller's point of view. Um, So the... One-on-one inspections, uh, that would be more work for the seller than, than this open house where they get the house all spotless of a, of a weekend and uh, and then one-on-one, assume they're going to have it during the week, you've got to keep the house spotless all the time. Well, you've, you've got to remember, you do an open house on a Saturday at a certain time and I guarantee you will get phone calls on the Monday saying, I couldn't make the open house, can I have a look this week? So you're still going to get the one-on-ones following it. 
Okay. So it works. It, it's you're just trying to avoid it. But at the end of the day, yeah, I don't mind doing one-on-ones. I don't mind doing open houses. I mean, open houses are a wonderful way for people to meet me too. And and so now there's this trend to um, styling the house. So what does yes. that involve? Well, a lot of houses, if, if you have an empty house and you've moved out and there's nothing there, mm-hmm. then you might say, look, this looks terrible while it's empty because you can see all the faults in the carpet and the wall and everything. So how about we'd have a bit of a cover-up and you can get a stylist in to put some furniture in the house. They can do all the rooms, just some of the rooms, whatever, and they'll charge you X amount of dollars. I mean, generally, you know, it might be $4,000 or it might even be a little bit more. Some are cheaper. And that'll, that'll include all that furniture for a month or five weeks, whatever it may be. And then after that, they'll charge you X amount per week. And people come in and it just it gives it the wow factor. I mean, when you go look at new homes that are out around, uh, you know, display homes, yes. they've all been stylized. Yes, they've all and, got furniture. And, and all we're saying to you, selling your second-hand nice little home in wherever it is, that maybe if you stylize that, it's going to look as good as that new home and you might get more money for it. And in 90% of the cases, and there's quite a few, they have received a higher price for their home because it's been stylized. If you don't want to do all that, you can get a stylist person out to your home yes. and they will suggest to you, how about we move this over here, that over here, we'll change that, we'll do this and we'll put that lounge, we'll take it out and put that in the garage because that's overcrowding the room. Or So they can, they can do that, which is also a great help. Yeah, and most people, most people I've kind of learnt uh, for when you're selling the place, most people have far too much furniture in there. Yeah. They've got, you know, Aunt Mary's uh, coffee table and... Oh, yes. yeah, And then there's all the ornaments and the dust collectors and the well, photos. So that the stylist sends to... <laughs> Make it like a, a minimalist approach, and well, take, that's that's what everyone that says. Away. Mark, I've sold a house. What do you think I should do to it? And there's one word: declutter. Mm-hmm. And that's the one word that covers most houses, because you live in it for so long, you collect things, you <coughs> put things aside. Mm-hmm. So let's declutter. Let's make it look a little bit more open, a little bit neater, and uh, and and let's go from there. And hopefully, if we get you an extra. You know, four thousand, five thousand, sometimes ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars more. I've seen it happen with homes. And what about the outside, the garden, and the pool? And that's that's pretty easy. You present the pool, you mow the lawn. I must say, it's not easy with some people. They, yes, yes. You know, they said you should mow the lawn again. They say again. I only did it three weeks ago. <laughs> well, well, it's got to be done regularly. It's the same as yourself. You present yourself very well if you're going out. You don't just slop around. So it's the same with the house. Right. So does it, does this, So the lawn needs to be, if you've got bare patches, you need to get all that fixed. I would. Yes. Oh, would I just touch it up? I mean, it doesn't, a lot of these things don't cost anywhere near as much as you think if yes. you get someone in. Yeah. You Jenny can be quite surprised at how little it costs and the return it will give you. So you really need to get that, the outside of the house in you know, ship shape. Yep. Trimmed hedges, lawns, no dead trees and plants, and well, and, well, that's the first thing people see when they pull up is the outside, yeah, and you don't want the the pool all green, so that no. all needs to be cleaned up and sparkling. No, that's up. right, yes, yeah, and um, and then the inside, you're best off styling it up or yep. decluttering it, clean the windows, clean the windows, yep, clean the windows, and what about the old trick of putting the flour in the oven so it smells like bacon? <laughs> <laughs> that that hasn't been done for a while. Actually, you know, or brew some coffee. 
I would suggest you put some music on. It's nice. People don't like going into a house and there's nothing and it's quiet. They like to have a bit of noise in there. Okay. Okay. So it doesn't – and don't put on – Put on two in your RFM. Don't don't put on, you know, some sort of loud triple J or something. Triple, yeah, that doesn't help. I can okay. assure you, particularly for agents who don't know how to use it. When I've got to turn it down, I don't know which knob to do, and I'm trying to think, what do I do? So it's I just prob- pull the plug probably, out. It's probably on, on your iPhone, and they've taken the iPhone oh, away. I just, I just pull the plug out. So anyway, okay. Well, that was all interesting, Mark. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So cost if you're going to use. Domain and everything, you'll be up for a you'll look, you'll be up for some ages, about two thousand up to five thousand dollars if you want to do the full promotion. Mm. Okay, mm. Good thank to know. you very much, Mark Longworth, and uh, thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Uh, Thursday finance finance will be back next Thursday after the midday news on Two N U R F M. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two N U R F M at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.